I, I listened to your episode about mm-hmm. the 100th episode and you mentioned that you like struggled with your relationship with food. I myself being of the dance world where it's very toxic mm-hmm. and stuff like that is just runs rampant, you know, just that mindset mm-hmm. that unwell kind of mental health that we mm-hmm. just don't really learn. I didn't learn it until I got older, until I started going to like therapy and stuff. But at the time, like the constant comparison with people in the room, like 30 other people that look exactly like you, but in just the smallest ways. So then I would be like constantly comparing myself and like beating myself up in my head. And I think that's ultimately what drove me to want to stop being in front of the camera. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm joined by Jess. She's been working in post-production for several years now. She started off as the assistant editor for Defy Media in LA. She worked her way up to be an editor at Vice Media in New York. Um, And then she also became an integral part of the production process as a shooter and producer. She's now working as a freelancer, her main as editing, but brings her knowledge of producing and shooting to her work. She's also now an editor for the incredible cooking channel, Binging with Babish, um, starring her partner. She was also a fellow dancer um, and I was as well. And I talk about it so much on the podcast. Everyone must be like, stop talking about your dance days, (laughs) but I can just relate so much about it. So I'm just excited to hop into your journey. And I'm so honored that you're here to have this conversation with me oh yeah man now that means so much to me and clearly you do your research too so that's cool and I talk about dancing all the time like mm-hmm. I'm constantly dancing around the house I'm like don't mind me it might look crazy <laughs> but I'm just like literally getting the choreography out of my head yes so. yes I'm often like sitting down on the couch and I'll like have my legs just like out and people are like what are you doing I'm like this is just comfortable for me like this is just I how I said Hey, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, And I'd love to just start off by like talking about your childhood and what was it like for like young Jess? How did you get into dancing? Did you start really early on or was it a little bit later? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Let's jump right in. So I was three when my mom put me in dance just to run out the energy. Clearly I'm still burning the energy that way. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And then let's see, we... Hmm. competitions, competition teams I started doing when I was 10 years old. Hmm. And that just kind of started everything for me. I was, I'm the oldest child. I have two younger sisters. So I was just kind of like the leader, the, the go-getter and everything. And so I went out there and I saw the movie Chicago when I was 13 years old. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to dance on Broadway. Like I didn't care about being anything else. I was very happy being like the chorus girl. Um, But that's kind of where it started. And man, there's a lot of gaps to fill in between three years old and when I started my professional career. But yeah, started when I was three. Amazing. Yeah. So what were you most like passionate about? Was it like specific kind of dance? Was it choreography? And like, was it for people that are dancers? Was it ballet? Was it jazz? Like for me, I started off with ballet um, and then I kind of veered into like jazz and contemporary I was in this program we were allowed to do a bunch of different styles so I was curious to know where your passion lied within dance totally man um I'm very similar uh whenever someone asks me the question what kind of dance do you do Mm -hmm. I always like start with like jazz ballet tap because that's just Mm -hmm. like what most people understand but I was the same way just like a very well-rounded dancer like was doing contemporary and hip-hop and modern Um, as well as like the prerequisites that we all learn when we're so little and everything. Um, So, but my favorite, I think my favorites are contemporary and Broadway. 
And those are like the yin and yang to my personality. I'm like big and bold, but yes. then I'm reserved and telling a story. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. Yes. And when did you kind of decide to like pursue that as like a passion as a full-time? And then when you decide to kind of step away from it? Mm. 13 was when I got the Broadway bug. Um, and then everything became about being a dancer on Broadway and people would ask me like, can you sing? And I'd be like, I can carry a tune. So that's why I always yeah. be like a chorus girl. Um, but I took singing lessons. I took acting lessons. Like I wanted to tell stories. And like, if you've looked at my website, I specifically say that I am, I am a storyteller. I love storytelling. So that's really what kept me going. I just didn't know exactly what my story would be yet. And uh, now at 31 years old, like I can see a lot more to my story than I did at the time. But I actually decided when I was 16 that I really wanted to go pro. I actually went to a performing arts competition out on the West Coast called the World Championships of the Performing Arts. They kind of like classified it as like the Olympics of the performing arts. So you have mm -hmm. modeling and acting and dancing and everything. And I did like the whole kit and caboodle and it was in LA, in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And like, at the time they were shooting a Will Smith movie downtown. I'm like, this is where I want to be. <laughs> um, amongst all the fun energy and the performing. Mm -hmm. and everything. Um, so that kind of just like really started getting my, my love of performing going in a professional sense. And when I was 17, I'd actually gotten to a uh, got scholarship to an acting school in New York called the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. Um, I was there for two years, just trying to continue rounding out my, my abilities um, because I was still a baby. I was 17 when I decided to move to New York and I'm actually from Rockford, Illinois originally. So to go from the Midwest, this tiny town where mm -hmm. I'm like the big fish in the little pond at my dance studio. Mm -hmm. And then I go out to New York and I'm like the smallest little minnow in this mm -hmm. huge ocean of talent you know, so very overwhelming and stuff, but like I kept going. Um, I ended up after I graduated, it was a two-year program. I auditioned for Royal Caribbean dance. Well, their, mm -hmm. uh, their dance portion of things. And I booked, I booked their second biggest cruise ship. It was called the Liberty of the Seas. And we're doing like Broadway review shows. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I've made it. I did it. <laughs> I got, I got to Broadway. Like I even got to do cell block tango in one of the Broadway review shows. So I was like, this is my dream coming true. I'm like 19 years old. I'm getting paid to do what I love and travel the world mm -hmm. and like do all this cool stuff. But like living on a cruise ship can feel a little claustrophobic. Like mm -hmm. you can only do it for so long. So then I was like, well, I'm going to head to LA. And at the time I had actually met someone on the cruise ships and we got engaged as a very much a baby <laughs> um, did not understand kind of, I mean, myself in the relationship or really what it meant to be in a relationship. Like now mm -hmm. having a relationship that is like thriving and good and happy and healthy, like you can see the difference, you know, mm -hmm. but in any case uh, got engaged and we ended up moving to LA together and the engagement fell apart pretty quickly. You know, you, you're living on a cruise ship and you're living in a very like tight environment day in and day out with the same people. And when you're in a relationship with someone on a cruise ship, it two weeks can feel like two months. Right. So, like our relationship, as soon as we got on land and like transitioned to normal life, 
mm-hmm. things started to kind of like deteriorate, but I was still in LA. I was like, okay, I made it again. Mm-hmm. Another step towards like what I wanted to do. I did the audition thing. Vancouver is a pretty big TV town, right? Yeah. Yeah. For It's like a mini Hollywood. Most people like to say, yeah. So it's quite the dance industry or yeah, it's gotten a little bit bigger, but speaking of Royal Caribbean, when I was, I think I was like 14 or 15, like my dance studio, we also were able to perform on Royal Caribbean. So I didn't do like a huge stint. It was probably only like a week or two, but I can't imagine working longer than that. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like this is so claustrophobic. It's hard being on a boat for that long. So kudos to you for doing that. I know it's a, no, it's a lot of work. Even when I was like dancing on the stage, when it was like moving, was Oh my like, God, oh, this is a lot harder than I thought, man. Let me tell you, not <laughs> only did I do dance stuff, but I did aerial work on a cruise ship oh and like God. being on a harness and you're like swinging back and forth while you're like upside down. It's, it's a whole thing. So yeah, no, I totally know what you oh, mean. Yeah, no, like, it's doing terrifying. Doing a double pirouette when the ship yes. is moving is not easy. Yes, I've definitely, I definitely fell a few times, but I was also like 14. I don't think anyone really cared back then. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you went to LA, you did the whole thing. I know that's, yeah. I'm always, cause I know in Vancouver, when I used to do auditions, it was like quite competitive. It was pretty scary. Even the ballet ones you'd walk in and like right away, they'd be like, no, or like just by looking at your body type in LA, is it just as brutal or people friendly or like what's what was the industry like then yeah I mean there's always like the downside to every industry Mm -hmm. and what I found working or attempting to work in front of the camera because I was really more of a professional server like waitress Mm -hmm. than I was a professional dancer like that's Mm -hmm. what paid the bills and I think most people who go out to LA or New York or Vancouver, go to the big city can relate to that. Cause it's a grind. Um, and yeah, the biggest thing for me, I think was just the constant comparison and like being from the dance world, you know, I actually, I can relate to having, mm-hmm. I, I listened to your episode about mm-hmm. the 100th episode. And you mentioned that you like struggled with your relationship with food. Yes. I myself being of the dance world where it's very toxic Mm -hmm. and stuff like that is just runs rampant, you know, just that Mm -hmm. mindset, that unwell kind of mental health that we Mm -hmm. don't really learn. I didn't learn it until I got older, until I started going to like therapy and stuff. But at the time, like the constant comparison with people Mm -hmm. in the room, like 30 other people that look exactly like you, but in just the smallest ways. So then I would be like constantly comparing myself and like beating myself up in my head. And I think that's ultimately what drove me to want to stop being in front of the camera. Um, stop mm-hmm. being on the stage, even though like right before I transitioned from being in front of the camera to behind the camera, I had just done my first like full musical is Annie, get your gun. Um, it was at like a smaller, like a community theater outside of LA. And it was the most fun I ever had because it's the rehearsal process and you're backstage. Mm-hmm. And I was the dance captain, like mm-hmm. dream come true dance captain. <laughs> um, but the industry itself is just like, bearing down on me like the weight of the finances trying to afford LA trying to like look a certain way and get your headshots every couple months because your hair is constantly changing and it's like it's a lot it's a lot yeah thank you for sharing that yeah because I know with dance um that really perpetrates just like especially with ballet when I would go to these ballet intensives and it was so focused on how the way you look and because you're constantly looking in the mirror and then 
you know, people or dance teachers are picking you apart, being like, you got to look this way, you got to do this. Um, So I didn't, yeah, it just, I didn't realize the repercussions until later on when I stopped dancing. Um, And then when I started to have friends like outside of that whole dance circle, I'm like, oh, you're not supposed to actually be thinking this way or saying these things. So I often have conversations with my friends that were in dance were like, so many of these things were so bad and like our dance teachers encouraged it. And I'm, I'm like praying the dance industry is changing for people that are younger because it's, it's terrible. It's, it is, and it's brutal. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing. I feel like a lot of us have gone through similar things, but um, they should definitely have those like mental health resources or talk about it, you know, when you're, when you're in dance. Yeah. Yeah. At a young age too. I'm not in the dance industry anymore, but Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I see changes in other places in the world, you know, where mm-hmm. awareness is, is here, you know, we're yes. getting somewhere you and I are having this conversation right now. So clearly mm-hmm. something's happening. Um, so I can't speak to individual studios, but like my old dance teacher, like she was so good about like, mm-hmm. um, lifting us up and encouraging us and encouraging us not to use the word can't and stuff mm-hmm. because it just like denotes negativity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, the best thing I think, yeah, we can do is be having this conversation and admit that like it fucking sucked <laughs> sometimes. No, yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think back in the day we would, I would see some friends that were struggling. No one ever said anything. It was just like completely swept under the rug. I think it's different now that people are wanting to have more chats about mental health, but I look back, but I was also like 12 or 13 and I, I didn't know any better. I was like, I think this is good. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be like this, but it wasn't supposed to be for sure. Yeah. But we learn, right? And then yeah. like the younger generations, I mean, that's that's how we do it. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes, you know, being the the oldest, I've seen in myself that I've kind of had to walk through the fire first mm-hmm. so my sisters could learn not like how to do it. Like totally. we've been having those conversations a lot lately. Um and like it's hard it's hard Mm -hmm. to like recognize that you're kind of sacrificing yourself, but you just want to do it so bad. You care so much. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to tell that story so bad. It just, it drives you, um, Mm -hmm. through the fire and then you get to the other side and you're like, okay, maybe we can do that better. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's clearly evident that you're so passionate about storytelling. So I'm just so curious how you transitioned into editing. Cause that's, Mm -hmm. that's so different. And I currently work for a YouTuber, um, and I do. Yes. And he's like on the tech, the car home side of things. And I've even, I think I've like played around like very loosely with just final cut pro, but they deal with all the editing. I'm not on the editing side of things. And I'm like, Holy shit, this is so much harder than like iMovie. <laughs> what I was used to. It's like an actual art. Like the, like the, yeah. I know the YouTube production, it's like, it's great. Not just YouTube, but just in general editing really yeah. makes something. And I'd love to hear how you got into it um, mm. and everything. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, thank you for saying all that. I completely agree. It's okay. It's like one of the best decisions I ever made. And it was the scariest one to completely Mm -hmm. change industries. I mean, it's the same industry, but completely different approach. Like, okay. So, uh, this was 2016, I think. Um, yeah, I had just shot a acting demo reel with my partner at the time and some of our friends and the friend who would normally um, 
edit for us wasn't available. Like he's, he's a busy guy working in production and stuff. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not doing anything. I have this like 2010 MacBook that has iMovie on it. <laughs> I guess I'll try. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just remember sitting there with the footage and starting to find a flow state, even though I'd never done it before. Like, and truthfully, truthfully, um, I, I like an edit to dancing, honestly. Um, it's like choreographing a dance to me. Um, you need the rhythm, you need the highs and lows, you need, you need the, the moments that like pull you in and then like keep you there for a second and then let you go back out into whatever the next part of the dance is, the next part of the edit is. It's just mm -hmm. like, in my mind, the way my, my brain works, <laughs> um, my special brain is <laughs> she, um, man, it just made sense to me. It, so what I had done, my dad raised me on like Brene Brown type stuff, like mm -hmm. kind of self-help, but not self-help, like destigmatize self-help kind of stuff. Do you okay, know what I mean? Okay. Yes, yes. Because yeah, we say stuff and sometimes it can be misconstrued, but like there it was just like Tony Robbins, like very positive thinking. Okay. Okay. And it set me up in a really good way. You know, I something that might also be of note is I was homeschooled like from first grade to senior year. So that like, oh, wow. okay. that's how serious I was about my career. And like right. my parents started schooling, homeschooling me much earlier, but it really helped me like develop into who I was and who I needed to be to eventually become an editor. Okay. Well, to be said, my dad would always say when I was younger, make a list of the things that you want to do. Start like crossing out the ones that you don't want over time, you don't have to do it all in one sitting, but just like look at the list, cross the things out, and then you'll end up with a couple less things that you can actually start to imagine, could I do that? Could I see myself moving in that direction before I take the step? It's kind of like just preparing your brain, like mm -hmm. asking your brain the question then allows your brain to start working towards the answer. Okay. It's like basic kind of you get it out of your head. You know, you talk to a friend, you mm -hmm. put it on paper mm -hmm. to get it out of your head. And that's what I did. I made a list. I'm like, okay, I'm running. I'm at the end of my rope with the dancing and acting side of things. I just, yeah. I mean, I was done. I was done kind of selling my soul. That's what it felt yes. like. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that quite often with people in the industry. Yeah. 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 And you need yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's so important. And I didn't understand it at the time, but making that list was kind of like an act of love for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'd like even put veterinarian on there. Like maybe I would go back to school and I was like, mm -hmm. no, I don't want to go back to school. That sounds <laughs> at all. And so I landed on editor. I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is where we go, where we start stepping. So I like looked at schools to go back to like, just like a, a smaller uh, just a class, just to kind of okay. understand Premiere or Avid mm -hmm. or Final Cut. Um, because that at the time was so overwhelming to me. I just basically sort of edited something on iMovie. So like, I right. saying yeah. <laughs> overwhelming, like all the buttons and stuff. No, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So 
I ended up getting a internship at a small production house in Los Feliz and was there for like two months and it was really hard. Like I didn't get paid and I was still working a restaurant job. And like, that was the first time I ever had a panic attack, (laughs) like woke up in the middle of the night, like worried I couldn't pay rent that month. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it was scary. Like, um, but I wanted to edit so bad and like, it was kind of going from one act to another. I could see myself starting to get excited about something in a way that I hadn't in a long time. Oh yeah. Was it self-taught or yeah. Like, did you watch videos? I don't know at the time, like, was there even like YouTube on like, cause right now, like if I want to learn something, I can kind of YouTube it. it Yes. Yeah. So how did you learn how to edit? So it was self-taught. Yeah, it was, there was an, YouTube videos up that I could learn how to do stuff I needed. Um, but the internship also helped because they had premiere on all their computers. So whenever I wasn't doing anything for them, I would have like side editing projects because they knew that was my main focus. So I like, I learned how to use Cobros there. I learned like the basic stuff of freaking like setting up a tripod. I remember I was so scared <laughs> to even touch a tripod because I didn't want to break yeah. it. Like I was so nervous, but yeah, that was, that was all there. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. So what is your, like now you're uh, freelancing and what, what is your day or what do your projects look like? Um, is it mostly taking over by YouTube now, or I'm curious to know what your like schedule looks like? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Um, I actually, okay, just to kind of set it up a little bit, once I left LA, I was coming back to New York with my partner at the time. Mm-hmm. I ended up working at Vice. Yes. Which, like that like lifted me up uh, to a great degree. I learned so much there. Like you mentioned, I got promoted to editor. That was fantastic. And my days then were like chaotic just like working in an editing bay, just so much footage all the time. I I actually, I was an assistant editor at the time of um, Charlottesville. Yes, so that one an Emmy, the, that one. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. yeah, that's incredible, yeah. It was, it was a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. And working in news and docs, you get really close to very sensitive and mm-hmm. traumatic material. Mm-hmm. So now to be working with Andrew and doing stuff like with binge, it's a completely different change of pace. <laughs> so much nicer because we're working with food. And yes. like, I feel like I'm working with my best friends um, all the time. So like my day to day, we actually took a break recently um, okay. where we're all about like self-care you know, that's great. That's great. (laughs) It's so important. Like, yes. Oh my goodness. Um, that's why I have red hair now because I was like, that's (laughs) fun. And I want to do something fun for myself. Yes. Um, so our day to days, you know, they change day to day. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I shoot now, um, which is something I learned at vice and produce. Sometimes I direct, sometimes I'm doing the dishes. Like it's kind of like an all hands on deck, kind of production because everyone kind of knows how things are done so we can we have like this secret language kind of between all of us it's just like Mm -hmm. symbiotic and stuff so we can all basically help with everything I mean within staying in our own lanes you know what I mean totally yes 
Yes. Yeah. So, Are you also cooking? Are you also jumping in? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I just eat the food after. I- <laughs> oh, what, what a life. Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned in the, in the episode, my partner is a chef and he just like completely just like cooks for me. And I just sit down and enjoy the food. That's what I'm good at. I'm good. I'm good at just eating and sitting. <laughs> I hear like I'm the same way I always say that I'm like I'll do the dishes if that means I get to eat all this stuff which I get to eat it anyway it's just like my nice way of saying thank you for cooking this amazing meal like yes yes it's definitely like such an amazing channel just because like I work for the YouTuber as I said we're a lot smaller um than you know the Babish channel but it's just like such an art from like again the same thing I definitely don't touch the editing like if we have to do like a like a TikTok or something, I can manage that. But it's always fun to kind of get that experience and do like kind of everything at once. It's like a startup feel, but it's obviously not a startup because it's a a huge business. But um, I'd love to hear like, do you like, what is your favorite aspect of it in terms of editing? Do you have a certain style? Do you do any color grading? Mm. What's your favorite part of it? Yeah, I think my favorite part is whenever I can get into a flow state. which is back to the original reason why I wanted to do it in the first place is because yes. like, I don't get to, yeah, I, that's really the simplest way I can put it. I've learned how to color grade. I'm still not the best at it, but I can get mm-hmm. by. I've definitely colored a couple episodes that have been published. So like mm-hmm. it did something, <laughs> I was okay enough to publish it. Um, but I love when I have, a story in my head that I think I want to tell and how I want to tell it and how it might like crescendo or how it might like the music will just like take a beat right when you like would blink an eye but you would never Mm -hmm. notice like kind of creating that magic Mm -hmm. in the storytelling comes from me finding flow wow yeah are you yeah what is your your like safe space do you have like the headphones in or do you like to have it like out loud or am I trying to envision what it's like for you to be in your flow state you know I think it depends if Andrew's we work we edit in the same room um Mm -hmm. he's in the room and we're just like listening to music it depends on the edit actually if the edit is voiceover like it requires voiceover um then and I'm not editing the voiceover yet Mm -hmm. I'm just editing without audio I love to just like blast music and just like kind of find things that I'm kind of subconsciously hearing I don't know how to describe it but that's just kind of how it feels like the music feeds my creativity yes yes that's the dancer in me like yes yes yeah so like constantly dancing in my head and editing is kind of what comes out of it um in that form. So if I'm editing a more serious piece, like documentary style, I like to be in a dark room (laughs) with my phones on, just totally like paying respect to every moment of that story. I mean, every story I tell, whether it's a YouTube, whether it's like a basics or a fund Mm -hmm. of capitals or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, or I'm telling a very serious story Mm -hmm. um, about like big political or worldly things both deserve the same attention and care, but each one demands a different part of me 
mm-hmm. in the moment. So it's kind of a moment to moment thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I want incense, sometimes I want coffee, sometimes I want a chai tea latte with oat milk while I'm at it. It just depends on my mood, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I understand that. And before I before we end into like some rapid fires, if you're down for that, I I'd love to kind of hear if you had any advice for people that want to either get into editing, producing, shooting, just like any general advice on like how to get started. Man, so this is my moment. Where like, if I, anyone could have said something to me when I was younger, what would it be? Yes. Yes. Cool. No pressure whatsoever. No ever. No, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a very important question. And I think, I don't think I can, I can just say it's in relation to editing or the production side of things or the industry. It's kind of, for me, what I've learned is mindset mm-hmm. like what are your core values like what what gets you going mm-hmm. and are you willing to listen to it for a couple seconds even though it's scary like when i when i transitioned from vice to binging that was scary i'm going to work with my partner but yes we put a lot of time and thought and care into developing our relationship before we ever considered doing that. Mm-hmm. But I still was, I still had fear, like that healthy amount of fear. So it's kind of like that saying when 20 seconds of courage, you know, will get you. Mm-hmm. Where you I can't tell you how many times in my life I feel like I've done that willingly and more often than not unwillingly just kind of been pushed into this happens. Something. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of like a sink or swim Mm -hmm. kind of moment. So then it's, that's where the mindset for me comes in is like, what Mm -hmm. am I saying to myself in those moments? Because when I was younger, it was, you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not blonde enough. You're not skinny enough. Mm -hmm. You're you're not enough. That's what I used to say to myself when, because I didn't know any better. Now that I'm 31 and Mm -hmm. I've lived on my own without my parents for 14 years now, and I've been in therapy and I've given myself the time to learn about myself. Mm-hmm. Once I had the mindset, then it started to become, okay, do I love myself? Like actually, mm-hmm. and do I trust myself to take the next step? Because it doesn't really matter what age you are or what you're doing in life. It's like, do you trust yourself? Because I didn't yeah. for a long time and it created a lot of anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. just like general suffering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I even just saying it out loud and recognizing that that was the way it used to be. And it's not the way now gives me so much relief. Yes. yes. Like when you do the work, even when you don't Mm -hmm. see it, it's like Mm -hmm. the common interest. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up one morning and you're like, what, this is my life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. When I even recorded that episode, the hundred episode, like I've, I guess I've reflected on my journey with like mental health and everything. But when I was talking about it, I was like, holy shit, like pat on the back. Like I've done a lot of work and you just don't take the time to really like, you know, talk about it. Like I'll often talk about it with my friends' journeys, but when it comes to myself, I'm just like, I put on the side. But when that episode happened, I was like, this is like really healing for me. It was so nice. But even just like the mindset, you're so like, that's so true. 
I know that when I was in my early 20s, in terms of career, I put so much emphasis on what I thought others would think, or, you know, like, for example, for a while, I was, you know, studying to become like a lawyer, I was going into the LSAT trying to go into law school. But it's because I thought that's what, you know, was a good profession and would pay well, because I was Vancouver, living in Vancouver is extremely expensive as it is in New York. So I was panicking and I was like, I need to do this. And then I was realizing it was making me so unhappy and I wasn't listening to what I needed or what I wanted. So I can relate to that. Like it's, it's, it sounds simple, like just listen to yourself, but like, it's harder, it's harder said than done. I mean, you're absolutely right about it. And it, I don't know, it's kind of like anything that you want to get better at, you mm-hmm. got to practice. Mm-hmm. So like, the first time you look in the mirror and you're like, you're doing good today. And it feels really yeah. weird. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, I don't even know how to talk to myself. <laughs> but it's just like yeah. a little bit every day of like, oh yeah, no, you can go get that iced coffee and it's mm-hmm. fine. And yes. it's the little things, you know? Yes, totally. And then you can grow into exactly what you said. You can have that appreciation and take the moment mm-hmm. that you rightfully deserve to take for yourself. Yes, That's- yes, 100%. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I would love to get into a few rapid fires if you're sure. be down for that. Okay. okay improv, 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 okay, improv, improv. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What? We'll start on something maybe a little bit easier. Um, what has been your favorite birthday? Ooh, ah, that's a very good question. Probably my thirtieth. Okay. Yeah. So recently. So recently, it was a, yes. yeah, about a year and a half ago, um, Andrew and I went up to the Catskills and um, did like our favorite thing, which is just hang out at a cabin, drink mm-hmm. a little whiskey, make so some nice. good food. It was everything. And we just like danced and we played um, Heads mm-hmm. Up, you know, that phone game. Oh, yes. I love that game. Yeah. Love the game. Like we had a lovely time um, and it just was so simple. It was in this beautiful place we had never been before um, mm-hmm. in the Catskills. So, yeah, I think that's 30th birthday. I love that. <laughs> um, what has been the project you've been most proud of? Yeah. You know, <sighs> okay what age because <laughs> I've okay I we can do recently we can do like the last couple years okay 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 <laughs> the fun to candles yes. hands down yes um that show with Kendall um is so important to me mm-hmm. uh, because both she and I grew uh together working together before but then when we got to like just ladies only you know yes like <laughs> It was so awesome. We're just like downstairs making croissants, <laughs> listening mm-hmm. to Abba, like oh, killing it. And now yeah. she's, oh, I'm so freaking proud of her. And I'm really proud of myself because that's mm-hmm. a show that um, I created front to back and I shot front mm-hmm. to back and I directed front to back and I edited it and did the, like, it. wow. Yeah. I'm pretty freaking proud of the fun to candles. As you should be, as you should be, 100%. Um, what is, like where, where's your favorite spot to travel? Um, I'd have to say I've only been there once, but I can't wait to go back. Um, Europe, anywhere in Europe, really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Paris, London, all of that. So yes, rapid fire. I'd love to yes. go back there very soon. <laughs> um, what is your favorite kind of corner of your house? Also, I saw the architectural digest. Oh yeah. Holy shit. It's, it's such a crazy, beautiful home. Just like 
that there's so many, like that there's a studio underneath and like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. It's oh, such a it's, space. Man, I'm just endlessly grateful. That's, it's one of those things living there where I'm like, how in the world <laughs> up here? Like my gratitude runs yeah. endlessly deep. Um, but my, the favorite corner in my house would probably mm-hmm. be right now while we're kind of rearranging some things. Yes. Um, in the theater, we have kind of a sectional and it has like the longer L part of it and yes. it's up against the wall and by mm-hmm. the windows. And I like to just sit there on my laptop with the cats and just hang. Yes. That's <laughs> also like, we also have like an L couch in the corner for some reason mm-hmm. right there. I put my, like the weighted blanket on there. I'm like, this is my happiness. Do you have a weighted blanket? I have several. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Comforter, like the comforters, man, like were a life changer for me. Yes. I yes. think something. Good. Um, okay. And the last few questions. If your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would you want to play you? That's a fun question. <laughs> it would be a dramedy for sure. <laughs> um, and who would I want to play me? Um Oh, that's a good question, Savannah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Kristen Bell would be fun. Oh, yes. Anne, Emma Stone, now that I got the red hair. Like, oh, true. Fun. From like Easy A, her energy from there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Easy A. <laughs> Dramedy. Yeah. Good answer. Yes. Also, you know what? Like, age doesn't matter. Freaking mm-hmm. Amy Poehler. I want Amy oh, Poehler. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> we'll just be friends. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, last question. Who are the three most influential people in your life? You're gonna make me all sentimental. Sentimental <laughs> lady. Um, As am I. <laughs> I can tell. We have very similar energies. I can see yes, it and feel it in you. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my mom, mm-hmm. dad, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, awesome. Yeah. But, you know, my sisters are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, what about me? So we have to make it five people. My dad, okay. my mom, Andrew, Stephanie, and Kristen. Okay, perfect. We we'll go. give them a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was such an amazing conversation. Again, I'm just so honored that you're you know, willing to take the time to share about your story. I really, really appreciate it. And I think it'll just help so many people. It doesn't matter if they're wanting to be in editing or anything like that. I think it applies to a lot of people, especially during this age period where you're just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I am deeply, deeply honored. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me, it means a lot.